In this episode, I talk to one of the most prolific bloggers and article writers in UK financial services. Chris Dames, widely known for his auto-enrolment software AE in a Box, puts out three or more pieces a week. Consistency combined with engaging subjects means his writing generates a significant percentage of his business. Full of great tips, this interview is a must for anyone who already writes or wants to take up writing for their business. That's all right here in episode 64 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Welcome, you're listening to the podcast for financial services professionals looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of marketing, protection and finance. episode, you can find the show notes and links to things we talked about at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. So let's get on with the show. And here's your host, Roger Edwards. Welcome to the Empath Podcast. Thank you ever so much for tuning in, plugging me and my guests into your earphones and for your support. Please do share the podcast with one friend or colleague. It only needs to be one, either by email or social media. That would help me immensely to grow the audience and ensure I can continue to bring you great guests offering you their tips and insights. I'm not going to hold you up any longer. This week's interview with Chris Dames, which we conducted last week on live video platform Blab, is jam-packed full of tips, ideas and insights on blog and article writing. Tips, ideas and insights that could bring in more clients for you. So let's get to it right here on the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. So welcome to everyone who's watching this live on Blab and to those of you who are watching the Blab replay and of course those of you who are listening to the podcast version. I'm Roger Edwards, this is episode 64 of the Marketing Protection and Finance podcast. In this episode I'm talking to Chris Dames who originally appeared back in episode 29. So Chris, welcome back to the Empath podcast. Thanks for having me back, obviously the last one weren't too bad and um, you've, you've managed to invite me back so i really appreciate it no i think the original podcast was was really good fun the last time you were on the on the podcast we were talking about ae in a box which is your software package designed yeah. specifically to help employers effectively sign up their employees for auto enrollment pensions today we're going to talk about something completely different we're going to talk about writing we're going to talk about blogging and how writing and blogging can can actually benefit financial advisors in, in growing their business but maybe before we start how about just giving everyone a little quick rundown remind them who you are where you came from what you're doing where you're going basically chris what makes you tick so uh yeah my name my name's chris uh i uh, i've been running my financial planning consultancy since 2009 we launched back in 2009 and before that my background was primarily corporate so i worked for a number of large financial organizations uh and then decided to take the jump in 2009 into the mad world of business ownership um i remember coming home uh, and saying to Cassie, I'm going to start a business. And she went, what are you, are you mad? You're leaving a well-paid job to just go into this, this random world of insecurity, but it's kind of right. Yeah. You know, we're six years in, we've got some really good corporate clients through our financial practice, Savello, 
uh, and we look after a number of private clients as well. Uh, and last year, uh, November last year, we launched our software package to empower employers to comply with all to enrolment regulation and that's uh, that's going from strength to strength. And of course that was what we talked about on the podcast last year yeah. and your package is called AE in a box. So AE in a box. How, how's that going a year down the line? Obviously auto enrolment everybody knows about auto enrolment now it's not uh, not as uh, scary and as new as it was a year ago. How, how's AE yeah. in a box going? Yeah you know what it's going from strength to strength so we get on average sort of 10 to 12 new partner businesses sign up to AE in a box every week the employers who are using it are growing in scope and scale all the time but there's some interesting stuff that happens when you launch a software app that this time last year i didn't realize so last year uh we launched a in the box we assumed it was the absolute business you know we'd spent two years developing it and, and, and getting it right and then we started getting feedback and that feedback was you know what Chris, we really like Hand the Box, but it'd be really good if it added that, you know, if it had this additional benefit. So a lot of the time over the past year has been making A in a box just more fit for purpose. So taking the feedback from both our partner and employer users and saying, well, okay, how do we continue to build A in a box to make it work? far better for our employees to uh, employers and partners to use when you do something like this and i think in business generally you've got to put your ego at the door yeah. and say actually your clients and customers know far better than you in in what they need and you need to take that feedback and use it to develop and build your software platform. So we've done loads of that course in the past year and learned loads about taking feedback and implementing it. And uh, yeah, we're nearly a year old. So my little baby is growing up, you know, AI in a box is, is coming to fruition. And we've still got you know, a couple of years to go till it really hits home for a lot of employers. Uh, as I said to you on the last po- podcast, we've got 1.8 million employers coming through over the next couple of years and we'll continue to, to, to help those employers comply. And I think you've got a book in the pipeline as well, haven't you? Roger, I'm on a bit of a mission at the minute. So my, my mission is to help employers as much as possible comply with automatic enrolment. It's a bit of a nerdy mission, to be honest, and it's probably only one that, that I've picked to do, but I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the journey. So the book's coming out in November. It's called Three Circles, and it's about the three circles of auto-enrollment that employers need to know about in order to comply. And they are pensions, payroll, and regulation. And what we do is just through the book, uh, have real practical tips in terms of what employers need to do to make sure that they comply with auto enrollment. Uh, we've got a launch party on the 19th of November. And and yeah, so, so, so my mission is to help as many employers comply as possible. The book's part of that. Um, and we're going to have a big lunch party uh, and it's coming out on the 19th of November and I'll make sure you get an invite um, and anybody who's listening who'd like to come yeah, uh, it's on Eventbrite and you've got uh, you can link to there and we'll, we'll make sure you get an invitation So that's a nice little segue into what we're going to talk about today Chris because obviously writing a book, not not a, not an easy task, a lot of work goes into that but let, let's face it you're not, um, not new to writing um, No there the can't be, I was going to say, there can't be a day goes by. Actually, there can't probably be an hour goes by without a tweet popping up in my timeline um, pr- promoting a Chris Dames article. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, uh, so you're yeah, really... I, I love writing. 
not only writing for my audience, but also to collect my own thoughts. Right. I just think the writing process is a really good thing to to do, just to just just to understand and dig deeper on how you think and feel about a particular subject. In terms of the amount that I write, um, I probably write two or three articles a week for my website, and we, on average, we do three to four articles and press appearances in external sources every month and they okay. might be live webinars i've done a couple over the last couple of weeks they might be uh articles in trade publications or they might be in the national press and we do a combination of everything on that and one of the things i really like about your articles and, and as i say you, you're publishing a lot on your own blog you're publishing in trade magazines like money marketing financial advisor yeah. professional advisor and all of that sort of thing but you 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 use something which i think is called the rule of three and yeah. actually just going back to your book there you called the book the three circles uh, again i think that there's an there's an element of the rule of three coming in there as, as well so you yeah. always have a title for your writing which is something something and something just yeah. give, give us a little bit of background about how that style has developed and, and, and indeed how that helps you come up with the ideas that you um, translate onto paper. I'm quite into social psychology. I like understanding how people think and behave. Um, and part of that is understanding how best to communicate. Right. And and one of the if you if you listen to a lot of good and, and this is one technique among many and I've chosen to use this one. But if you listen to a lot of um, really good speakers and I, I'm thinking in particular Obama okay so right. Obama when he came through in 2008 and took the world by storm he had a really great technique um, and do you remember Roger when yeah. he used to use yes we can yes we can yeah yes yep. we can simple direct and if you listen to the speeches back throughout he used to use it three times quite a lot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and, and that's because people resonate with groups of three things. You know, it's an easy way for, for, our, for our brains to understand that. Uh, not with my accent. Anyway, I don't pretend <laughs> to be as good a speaker as Obama by, by any stretch of the imagination. But if I can use those techniques to engage my audience, I will. But the other thing it allows me to do, write stuff that's educational and technical in nature, but also just put a bit of fun in into it so so what i try and do is have a in those three sort of words three subject titles have two that you might expect me to write about but one that i just want to chuck in and include just because it's quite entertaining hopefully so that that's the idea of it and part of that is for it to be a bit of clickbait so right when i put it on social media if it's for example auto enrollment Savaloys and I, I, I should have said sausages, but also enrolled <laughs> Savaloys and bananas. And bananas. <laughs> what, what's also enrollment got to do with sausages and bananas? And you're likely to click on it. In terms of coming up with the titles, I don't normally come up with the titles first. I normally try and get into a process of writing that I just uh, I just write an article, 500, 600 words, and find what pertinent subjects in there. I can use for the title. So the title is secondary to the article. And do your ideas come from things that are just happening around you? So you might be walking down the street, you might see a poster at, talking about some financial services product or yeah. travelling or something, and it, and it triggers something in your mind. You think, no, I'm going to have to write about that. And then you, you sort of try to steer the thrust of the article back to financial services. Is that, that the way it works? 
Absolutely right. So I just, when I read some financial services writing, I always get the impression that there's an expectation to just write technically. Yes. Um, uh, and that frustrates me a little bit. And and the best communicate, the best financial services communicators out there don't do that, actually. They just talk about their lives and interweave financial services into it. So that's what we try and do. It is fascinating. You've got all these ideas coming at you. I, I really like what you said about trying to inject your own personality into it and trying to talk in, in real real people's language, I think. And yeah. it's a lesson that everybody in financial services probably needs to remind themselves of time and time again, is that we do tend to write in this particularly I don't know, grim, jargonistic language, don't they? We, we use all this uh, this management speak and all these technical terms. Yes, and it, it, it's, really, it's really interesting, Roger, right? You wouldn't go out right, and have a chat in a pub and use the sort of language that most financial services articles are written in. Absolutely um, agree with that. Uh, you'd interweave your own personality and your own viewpoint into into the, the conversation you have. And that's all you do in writing, really. That took me a while, though, you know. I didn't, I, I think when I first started, and if you go back uh, three and a half, four years to a lot of the stuff that I wrote originally, it was probably more technical in nature than it is now. Yes. Because it took me a while to, number one, get the confidence to start putting some of my weird ideas in. Because <laughs> um, I'm thinking, like, do, is this going to be a reputational killer if I start talking about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or or, or what, any of the other topics that I, um, I want to talk about? I think that... Uh... This is such an important thing. We're just going to labour this point just for a few more moments. Uh, I, I was recently doing a few broadcasts. I use Periscope as, as well as Blab. And uh, the one the thing about Periscope is you tend to get people watching you from all around the world, which is quite spooky, really. And I did a little uh, broadcast about how to write in active sentences instead of passive sentences. Okay. And the, the response I got to that periscope was, was really quite startling. And it's not just people from the UK. There was a lot of people from the United States tuning in as well. And it made me realize that all around the world, even though we're surrounded by social media, which encourages us to to talk in yeah. in chatty talk, when yeah. we put pen to paper or, key, or, or fingers to keyboards to produce articles, we all of a sudden seem to be transformed into these jargon robots. machines. Yeah, ro robots. <laughs> and, and, you know, writing we, robots. And we, we start writing things like low-hanging fruit management yeah, speak. Ma manage, management speak is one of the things that I'd... I'd uh, in my in my dystopian world future where I'm president, I'd just get rid of, you know, just, <laughs> sort of, let's, let's just get rid of management speak and hopefully talking plain English. But I know now I've said that, somebody's going to go back and read one of my blogs and think, hold on, Chris, that doesn't make sense, but I can live with that. I, th I, think, I think it's all right for us to break our own rules. If we try to strive to write simple language, if we strive to write active sentences, that's fine. Occasionally we will yeah. lapse. One, oh. of the th one of the things that I find quite fascinating as well, and I only recently discovered this, I've always been a fan of writing like you speak. I recently discovered on the iPhone, iOS, that Siri, the little uh, sort of automatic robo-helper that you have on the phone, yeah. is actually a fantastic dictating machine. And it effectively transcribes what you're saying directly onto Excellent. the screen. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay. Now, it does obviously make a few mistakes, but you can correct yeah. that. So I can walk around the house and in 
10-15 minutes, I can write or I can dictate a thousand words and then I can come back and edit that, put the punctuation yep. in, although Siri does do a good job of the punctuation as well. And I've therefore got an article written just like I speak. And yeah, I, 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 I think love that's it. a great way, a great way to actually start writing an article which actually is going to uh, fulfill everything that we've we've been talking about today so we've talked about uh, the the articles that you write for your own website your blogs and the rule of three and how you come up with the ideas is there any difference between the sort of article you would write for a trade magazine like money marketing or financial advisor yeah. and the the blogs that you write for your website yeah, so I, th I think what I'm always conscious of is the audience that I'm writing for. So, so the trade magazines have got uh, have got a specific audience, and what we try and do is share a lot of our ideas when we write, but also be conscious that the audience might uh, might not read one of our, our, our blogs online. Now, often what we find is the articles we get published in the trade press then guide people to the website because people look us up yeah um but yeah the voice is different because it's it's a voice that i've where i've got to be conscious of making sure that i'm in a position where i'm talking to to the audience so if it's a trade magazine i know that advisors are going to be um are, are going to be reading it and actually what i'll write about is a shared perspective on what we've learned through our advice practice and what I want to want to share with people on there. In terms of the articles we write for the for the website, that's more driven by what I want to share at the time. Um, but we we've also got stats on our audience through things like Google Analytics, and we've also got a target audience as well. So people we want to read our stuff. So we'll write with that individual in mind when we when we write stuff down and i think that we probably need to talk about uh, the results of all of this yeah. obviously it takes time to write these articles chris being such a prolific writer and publishing so many articles what has been the result for you and your business has it generated leads has it made you money i suppose that's the bottom line isn't it let me let me just share a story with you on that okay when we first started writing i spent well, we decided to start writing for the business probably about 4 years ago now um, so we started writing for the business, did three blogs uh, in our first week, really enjoyed it, but wanted to check the results after a week. So we did, we looked on Google Analytics, we compared it to the previous week in terms of the uplifted numbers, and we found that three more people had read that week. Okay. But I could have gone out in the street and talked to three more people in less time. You know, so <laughs> in terms of immediate effectiveness, it wasn't particularly effective. But there's a great book, and I think I mentioned it on uh, on the previous podcast we did, Roger. Uh, a guy called um, Robert Cialdini. That's right. It's a book called Influence. Uh, and one of the things that he talks to uh, talks about in the book is consistency. Right. So how do you make sure? that people are, you know, you're gaining an audience and people are following you and reading your stuff consistently, well, you need to start the trend by writing consistently. So we carried on. And then I got a, then I got a call. This was three and a bit months after we started writing. And on average, we were spending I don't know, five hours a week in the scheduled in the diary writing this stuff. And um, I got a call from a lady. I said, um, for every new client who comes to us, we say, "Where did you come from?" Uh, I said, "Well, where did you where did you get our um, our information from?" She went, "I read your blog." 
Fantastic. Uh, one client, and I couldn't tell you how excited I was because it was the first ever client we've got <laughs> from, from, from the rioting. I said, okay, great. How can I help? She said, look, before we get into business, tell me how Charlotte is. Charlotte, Charlotte's my oldest daughter. Okay. Uh, Sophie wasn't born at the time, but Charlotte's my oldest daughter. I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, I read your blog. She wasn't well a couple of weeks ago. I wanted to make sure she was okay. And at that second, I understood the power of it because she didn't know me. She'd never met me. But we built built a relationship just through me expressing something professionally, but something personally, and 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 it's strange how those relationships develop now. Um, and I loved it, absolutely loved it. In terms of the, in terms of the big picture, uh, we get between two to three new client queries now per week. Right. From not only from writing uh, in terms of direct client queries, but also from other financial planners referring us work um, because we're in quite a specialist niche we get that a lot and I, I reckon probably probably about most of our business undoubtedly still comes from referrals most of our business comes from uh, existing clients but in terms of new business I'd say about 35 to 40 percent is is from the activity we do online so a decent chunk of money I think it's quite interesting, isn't it, that uh, it takes time to do, to get this right. I think yeah. that uh, you you have to be in it for the long game. And you've been writing these articles for a number of years now. And I think that, again, we live in a, a digital world where everything has to be instantaneous. So you type a tweet, you expect somebody to reply to it. You send an email and you start to get annoyed if somebody hasn't answered the email yeah. within yeah. 15 seconds or whatever it is. But the reality is... In a lot of business circumstances, you've got to keep going. You've got to, as you say, you've got to be consistent. You've got to be in it for the long game. And if you are prepared to put that consistency and put that time in, then there will be rewards. And sort of linking to social media... How do you use social media and other tools, maybe it's maybe it's email lists, et cetera, to actually promote your writing and get your words out there, Chris? So 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 primarily it's the two. So we use our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, uh-huh. LinkedIn to to share our content. And that's a great way professionally of doing it because um, what what we find is that uh, a lot of journalists use Twitter, so they then that then gives you the connection you need into the article writing for other external publications. So promoting it socially is great for highlighting your own uh, your own content, but it also gives you opportunities to to, to write new content too. Um, uh, but also, we're in a position where uh, we've got an email list of our existing clients and professional introductions. Okay, um, and we once a week we share with them everything we've written in that week. And that's normally, as I say, between three of our own articles um, and two to three external ones. So so that's that's the way we do it. Actually, for us, what we're looking at at the minute is getting far better at capturing email addresses on a mailing list because we don't do that particularly well at the minute, but it's something we're looking at. What would your advice be to a financial advisor then, Chris, looking to start writing regularly? So it might be they're thinking about starting a blog or they want to get in touch with a trade publication because they've desperately, desperately want to get some words down on paper or put some words up on the screen. Right. So first tip is start. So just to get pen to paper and practice. When we first started writing, every every article we wrote, which was 500 to 800 words, was uh, uh, probably an hour and a half, a couple of hours to write. 
we've got that down now to a clean 40 minutes. So the more you do it, the better you get, the quicker you get, the more it, it, it's easy to, to get ideas. And consi- consistency is the key to getting tangible results as well. So you won't get anything without that without that consistency. And just take some time to, to find your own voice. So don't be tempted to read my stuff or your stuff or somebody else's and try and write in that format. What I want to hear about, the stuff that I want to read, is your perspective. And your perspective will be unique because it's got you attached to it, you know, and, and all your quirks and idiosyncrasies. I can't even say the word. So <laughs> all, your, all the weird bits about your life, I want to hear about because that's what interests me. I, you know, as people, even in uh, the world of digital, we still want to connect with people. And I, I want to understand what, what's unique about you so I can I can continue read your stuff in business we are so tempted to sort of emulate the style of everybody else and that's a, that's again I think one of the reasons why everybody tends to everybody's a generalization I apologize for that a lot of people tend to emulate the jargon emulate the complexity yeah but your statement there is you you know you use your unique voice and therefore it you know nobody else can write or speak like you and, and that can inject such a lot of interest and such a lot yeah. of vitality Vitality into into what you do. I, I think that's that's fabulous advice. I think the other the other thing is as well. And when I because we've got hundreds of financial planning partners using A in a box, I get to speak to a lot of them. And the way they explain things to me, I get loads of ideas from. And I just think you could take those ideas that you're that we you're just explaining to me as we're having a conversation. Um, and just get them. I'd love to read that stuff. So, so assuming that you haven't got the ideas is 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 wrong. I remember a couple of years ago, a few years ago at the IFP conference, having a chat with our mate Pete Matthew. Oh yeah. Um, and I said because he was doing, he was just starting meaningful money. He was a couple of years into meaningful money at the time, and I said to him, I, Pete, I like the idea, but I really don't know whether I should be doing this or not because you're doing it already. Um, and he said. It gave me the same advice, which was fantastic advice. You're in a position where uh, you'll have your own strange, unique voice that that you can share with the world. I think that's uh, that's what I'm trying to do. And I think you've probably already answered this question in reality, Chris, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What's the one piece of advice that you would like those people who are watching and listening to the Empath podcast today to take away from the experience you've had with all this writing, Lark? Yeah. <laughs> All this writing, Lark. Yeah. That's a, that's a word. You know you know what phrase is well, Roger? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to try and use any more. That's my I'm unique voice. <laughs> I, I, I like I like thanks a million. I'm going to be using thanks a million all over the show because I really like the way that sounds. Um, right, so uh, the, what, what I'd share is if you're considering the value of uh, uh, whether writing's right for you, the way that we see it is this. In the old days, when we first started the business, we and we used to go to a lot of networking events to meet potential clients and make uh, professional connections. And that technique still works. You know, we still go out to events, we still speak to people, and we still make those personal connections. But when I used to go to these events, what used to happen is I used to stand up, do my 60 seconds, and then sit down again, and then have some general chats along the way. And I probably connected and and met with uh, 10 people in about an hour. Now we write, and the connection's different, but it's still powerful. We can connect with thousands and thousands of people 
every single week. So when you're considering writing a, as part of, of your marketing mix, I'm not saying face-to-face isn't, isn't useful, but just consider the scope and scale of, of writing on the internet and how many people it can reach because, because actually it can revolutionize, revolutionize your business. Chris, this has been fantastic. You've given us all, and I'm going to use a, a bit of management speak I've picked up off the internet here. You've dropped so many value bombs this morning. It's really, really, you know, really good if stuff. I'm in charge, I I, if, I, if it was my dictatorship, Roger, you'd have to, I'd have to pull you up on that one. <laughs> Chris, here we go with the four snappy business questions. What's the one thing you change about the financial services industry in the UK? Oh, you know what? I, I could, I, I could give you about twenty-seven different answers. I asked for one. <laughs> we haven't got time. So, so. Uh, I think one one thing one thing that I changed was just to be just to make financial planning a lot more accessible. So uh, I think auto enrolment is going to definitely contribute towards that because saving through the workplace is now a lot easier. But in addition to that, there's sort of tools and platforms that are coming out to, to to help support that. So make saving and investing and protecting their families way easier in terms of a process. Tell us about a campaign or it could be a product or anything that's caught your attention in the last year. The automated advice market. Yeah. So uh, I'm not I'm not calling it the typical name because I'm not too keen on that terminology. The, you know the one that starts with R and ends with oboe. I won't even say the word anymore. <laughs> the, some of the innovations where tools are being used to just make saving, investing, protecting easier really excite me. Now I think interestingly we're just at the infancy of that particular innovation. Currently a lot of the innovations we see are just attitude to risk questionnaires that lead to a direct consumer platform. What we're going to see over the next few years is massively exciting and I think I think we've got a we've got a revolution. I know you like that word. We've revolution. Got a revolution coming up in uh, in the way that we all engage with money. Tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your working life. Yeah, I've got, I've got a bunch. I've got loads of apps that I use that, that are really good. But the ones that are interesting me at the moment are the ones that are the most addictive. Okay? <laughs> so this this tree, okay? Social media is hugely, hugely powerful, but hugely addictive. There's one called, and I'm not using it that much, but Cassie and the kids love it, called Dub Smash, where they get to record these little videos, and, and they're just like these little fun uh, videos, and they just publish them online. And the one for me is a little game I've got on my phone called Battle Cats. And the reason that I talk <laughs> about those three, it's a good game, but... but <laughs> good game, good game. to lose about half a day of your life um, because it's just addictive. But the reason that I'm talking about these is because one of the subjects that fascinates me at the minute is how to build addictive and compelling products that people come back to time and time again. And I I had listened to a really good podcast the other day. It's called a, it's called the I Love Marketing Podcast. It's an American one uh, with a and they did an interview and I'll, I'll send you a link with a guy called Nur El. Now he's written a book called Hooked, how to build habit-forming product. Um, I haven't read it yet, it's next on my list, but what I want to understand more about is how the products that are habit-forming, like Facebook and Twitter and Battlecats, do it. And the reason I want to understand more about that is because that will help me understand more about how we build better financial services solutions that are compelling and make people come back. 
So that's my thought process around apps at the minute. What's the best business book you've ever read? And I should put in brackets, since the last one you mentioned in the last podcast. I think I mentioned about four last time. <laughs> you probably I've did. <laughs> I've got two. Mindset by Carol Dweck is a great book. And what that book does is explore the different mindsets people can have and the difference between an attitude of growth and learning and a closed mindset where you assume you know it all. Uh, and what it illustrates is both in business and in life, success you can have just by having an open mind and admitting you don't know it all. Fantastic book in terms of social psychology and, and how to understand more about the way you work. The other one is, uh, again, not a direct business book, but one that's really helped our business. It's by a guy called uh, Ryan Holiday, American guy. Uh, he's, I think he's still the marketing ma- manager at uh, American Apparel. Okay. Uh, he wrote a, a, a book called Growth Hacking uh, that, was, that was really good. And this one's called The Obstacle is the Way. So it talks about philosophies and theories about how to take the challenges we face in life and in business and turn them into opportunities. And it's really good. Chris, fantastic. The last thing I'm going to ask you, and I'm sure that the people watching this uh, podcast or this blab, people who are going to be listening to this podcast when I publish it next Wednesday, maybe want to get in touch with you and talk a little bit more about your writing expertise. So Chris, what's the best way that people can get in touch with you? Fab. So you can find me on Twitter at Chris Dames. So that's C-H-R-I-S, B for Delta, A for Alpha, E for Echo, M for Mother, S for Sugar. Uh, feel free to take a look at both our uh, consultancy site, which is www.cervelloffp.co.uk, and our software solution, which is www.ae inabox.co.uk Th- Thanks for coming on the Empath Podcast Thanks for being on the live Blab This is the first full podcast I've rec- recorded on the Blab platform All the best for the future, all the best for A in a Box All the best for the book in November I look forward to seeing you at the book launch Definitely, I'll see you there, thanks mate Thanks for listening to the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you'd like to talk about, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.